Welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. I'm your host, Pega Kadkodian. Resilience is more than just learning to bounce back from adversity. It is both a spiritual and practical journey of returning to the essence of who you are. With Radical Resilience, life can throw anything at you, and no matter how tossed around you get, no matter how hard you fall, you have the ability to get back up and come home to yourself. Hear the inspirational stories of women who embody radical resilience and learn the resources you need to reclaim your passion, purpose, and power. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to Radical Resilience, the podcast. This is Pega Kedkodian, your host. Today, I wanted to spend some time with you on my own, just talking about everything that's happening in the world We have some incredible guests on this show, and we're really excited about sharing those interviews with all of you. As I was thinking about launching this podcast, it occurred to me that we would be doing a disservice to our community if we didn't take some time to address the current climate and the current situation we all find ourselves in with the COVID-19 global pandemic. So... It's not lost on me that my message is about resilience, and we need resilience more than ever now. As I thought about doing this bonus episode, I really wondered about what I wanted to speak to you guys about and how best I could be of service and be of contribution to you in this time. Certainly, I know that the radical resilience transformation process is an incredibly effective way of cultivating resilience on an individual basis. It is something that I have implemented in my own life when I've been going through very dark times. So I know that it works from personal experience. And of course, I have hundreds of case studies of clients that I've taken through this process as they've been going through difficult times. And so I can tell you congruently without a doubt that the radical resilience transformation process works. And for some of us, we might need something a little bit more immediate in the here and now. I'm here to offer that today. We are experiencing a moment in history unlike anything we've ever seen before in our time. And I know that there are a lot of heightened emotions out there. There are people who are experiencing the uncertainty of whether or not they're going to have a job at the end of this. There is uncertainty about our health and well-being, of course, and Just the uncertainty of not knowing what the world is going to look like on the other side of this. But here's what I know. I know that in these dark times, I've also witnessed an incredible coming together of the human spirit. I've seen people supporting one another, caring for each other. I've seen more generosity in this time than I've seen in a long time. I've seen people bridging gaps and disregarding their differences to focus on the common goal, which is to get past this with as much grace as we possibly can, and to support those people who this is really affecting. And I'm moved. I'm moved by the resilience of the human spirit. I'm moved by what I know to be our most natural state of being, which is that of compassion and love. I'm moved by our ability as a human race to collectively come together. I'm also really taken by the fact that the climate has improved, that pollution has gone down, and that although it has been challenging for all of us in one way or another to be in this time, 
There's also enormous healing that's happening, both globally and individually. And so I think if we can choose to continue to stay focused on all of the benefits and all of what is wonderful about this time, it can certainly help us navigate these waters better. And I wanted to take some time and share with you guys practical things that you can do for yourself, things that come from the Radical Resilience Transformation process, practices that I've implemented myself, practices that I have encouraged clients to take on that have worked for them. I want to share those with you in my effort to be of contribution to you in some very practical way. I can certainly sit here and wax poetic about everything that I'm grateful for about this time, and I think there's a benefit to doing that as well. And I want to give you some tools that you can begin to implement. The radical resilience transformation process is not something that a person goes through just one time and they're done. This process is something that was born of necessity for me and something that I continue to come back to over and over again, whether it's in a larger capacity or even inside of a single event that I need to navigate my way through. These seven pillars can be practiced, again, either on a large scale where you're focusing on one pillar at a time, one pillar a month, or you can practice these pillars in five minutes as you are experiencing a difficult situation. So what are the seven pillars of radical resilience? Well, the first one is radical self-care, which at this point in time is important in a more pressing way than it ever has been in the past. Radical self-care is not to be confused with pampering. I am a big proponent of pampering. I think it's wonderful to do nice things for yourself, like get a massage or get your nails done or whatever. But in a time when our ability to pamper has... um, been very limited and we really need to look at radical self-care on a deeper level, what I encourage you to look at is what does radical self-care really mean to you mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically? So we really have to tend to all of our bodies, our physical body right now. We're being asked to pay more attention to our physical body, our immune system, to feed our body nourishing foods, to make sure we stay hydrated. More than ever, it's important to make sure we're getting the proper nutrients, whether that's by way of food or supplements. I know I'm taking immune-boosting supplements every day, whether it's wellness formula or elderberry, and certainly you know, there are a lot of different resources that you can tap into as far as what are those supplements that I should be taking. So the physical body needs support right now, and it's not just about how we're eating and the supplements that we're taking and hydrating. It's also about how we're continuing to make sure we move our bodies and rest these bodies. So I encourage you all to continue or start, if you haven't already, some kind of joyful, powerful movement routine This can be anything, friends. We don't need to go to a gym. We don't need to go to a yoga studio. We can do these practices at home. There are plenty of online resources, but 
more than anything, you really just got to ask yourself, what feels joyful and expansive and fun for me in a time like now? I think it's important to always ask yourself that question when it comes to movement routines, but now especially, what will you do consistently? And start doing that, even if it's just to put on music and dance for 20 minutes a day. But radical self-care also has to do with how we're supporting the mind. With as much social media and news as we're being inundated with, it is crucial for us to practice mental hygiene as much as we're practicing physical hygiene. So what are you feeding your mind? What are you putting in there? Because those things have a profound impact on your psyche. In as much as it's important to stay informed, it's also important that we limit our intake of all of that. I would recommend picking one or two reliable sources, maybe looking at those once a day, just to stay informed about what's going on and what we need to know. But to watch the news cycle the entirety of the day, friends, is just not healthy. Nor is it healthy to scroll social media all day and fall prey to the fear-mongering clickbait that's out there. So get selective about where you're going to get your news, how much you're going to consume, and how much you're going to spend time plugged in. The other thing is, you know, of course, we're all home and the temptation can be to sit there and binge watch your favorite television show, but I highly recommend limiting that as well. Now is a time when we can really begin to get discerning about what we are feeding the mind. Have you picked up a good book lately? Are you consuming things that are supporting your overall well-being, that are elevating your thinking? Or are you consuming things that are simply candy? So that's something I would ask you to consider. Emotionally, you know, so we did physical, mental, emotionally, we need to practice self-care. And this is really important because the mental and emotional bodies are so closely tied to one another. Every emotion we feel is preceded by a thought. And so as you're consuming information and you know, feeding your mind, it's important to also ask yourself, how do I feel as I am doing these things? I think right now, because the prevailing emotion in the world tends to be uncertainty or anxiety or or fear, we all want to run away from those emotions. And I would encourage you to allow yourself to really feel those emotions and let them process. More on that when we get to the pillar of unconditional acceptance. But The question to ask yourself with this aspect of your self-care is, what feels good to me? What is elevating to me? Am I doing practices that elevate my emotional body? Or am I allowing myself to get pulled into the temptation of things that continue to perpetuate fear and anxiety and things that ultimately bring my energetic frequency down, right? So it's about our frequency. Are you in high vibes? Or are you in low vibes? And what can you do to elevate your frequency? So physically, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What are you doing right now to support your spiritual body? Are you meditating? Are you walking in nature? Are you connecting and communing with something that feels larger than yourself? 
even if you are not someone who buys into any organized religion, even if you're an agnostic or somebody who is an atheist, I would ask you to consider where and how you feel connected to something larger than yourself. You can call that God, spirit, energy, the universe, source, the collective consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Ask yourself, am I engaging in practices that allow me to feel connected to something larger than myself? And again, this does not have to look the same for everybody. This doesn't mean you have to sit and pray. But what it does mean is exploring this area of your life and asking, What are some practices that I can begin to implement to connect to something that feels like it's larger than me, even if it's going outside and simply connecting with nature? So that's what I call kindergarten self-care, right? Is just being able to support yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually on the day-to-day. There are certainly more self-care practices that you can begin to put into place, but for now, I think that's a good start. The next pillar in the radical resilience process is to reclaim your identity and uncover your dharma. And what a beautiful time it is to do just that. To really take this time of slowing down to explore that. Who am I when all of my external identifications fall away? When I no longer have that job, when I no longer have, you know, this particular role or that particular role, who am I? Because for some of us, let's face it, there is the risk of employment shifting and changing. And as somebody who's lost a job myself a time or two, I know how devastating that can be. So if you found yourself in that situation, you might really feel like your identity is rocked right now. So what an incredible time to pause and ask yourself, who am I really at the core of me when I am not these external roles, when I am not the sum total of my personality traits? Who am I? It's a big question, but one that you can begin to ask yourself and do a little bit of journaling. Uncovering your dharma or your sense of purpose. What am I really doing here? You know, when I do this kind of work with organizations, this pillar is really about mission, vision, and values. So in an organization, you know, we we say it's important for a company to know its mission, its vision, and its values. But the same is true for you. What is your personal mission? What is your personal vision for your life? What is it that you do that makes you feel like time stops and like you could do it for hours and you wouldn't get physically tired, right? You got to Ask yourself that because then you begin to get into true alignment with your higher purpose and with what you're really meant to be doing here in this lifetime. Because I think, again, so many of us fall into scenarios where we do what's just expected of us or we take the job because we have to without really considering whether or not it aligns with our soul, whether or not it resonates with us on a deeper level. So what an incredible opportunity we've been given to examine that. And listen, this doesn't have to be just about what you're doing for work. Your purpose could be about how you want to show up in the world, you know? So 
Your dharma could be being an amazing parent. Your dharma could be, you know, how you want to show up as a daughter or a friend or a sister or a mother. So just taking some time with that question. The next pillar is healing the heart. Man, do we ever have an opportunity here. You know, now more than ever, we are being triggered and in a space of slowing down, boy, do those wounds get activated. So we have an opportunity to go in, to do the inner work, to do the deep work of healing those old wounds. So as you get activated, as you get triggered in this time, you have a choice. You can choose to shove all of that back down, ignore it, numb it, pretend it's not there, or see it as the opportunity that it is and allow yourself to process those inner demons, those inner dragons, that inner programming, and ultimately be free of it once and for all. The next pillar is unconditional acceptance. This is probably the pillar that I have been talking about the most these days with my clients and in other channels. And that is our ability to just feel the feels, to be in the body, to say yes to what we're experiencing without trying to reframe it, fix it, change it, you know, um, tool or technique our way out of it. This is about allowing yourself to be a human being and to really be in the body so that you can experience those nuggets of wisdom because I'll share with you something that a teacher of mine once said to me. You know, she said, when you allow yourself to really experience the grief, underneath that grief is something really clean and beautiful and profound. There's a difference between depression and grief. Depression is usually a result of suppression of emotions. It's anger turned inward. But grief is our ability to experience ourselves and to experience the emotion of loss and the profound and exquisite feeling of sadness when we've experienced a loss and really just allowing it to be there. Allowing ourselves to cry as many tears as need to be cried until we're done crying. You know, this is about really giving yourself grace and giving yourself patience. So what does this look like? This looks like pausing, slowing down, coming into the body, taking a moment to just close your eyes and breathe. This is the practice of really just being with yourself, which can be really scary for those of us who are used to operating, you know, 100 miles a minute, constantly plugged in, constantly on the go. Now that we have the opportunity to slow down, what would it look like to sit with your emotions, invite them to be with you, like a guest that you're inviting to tea, where you can explore those emotions, ask them what they're there to teach you, and ultimately allow yourself to experience the wisdom of what those emotions are trying to tell you. So those are the healing practices. Then we have practices for thriving because believe it or not, regardless of what's going on in the world right now, we can 
be thriving. So thriving practices are the pillar of connection and community. My goodness, I know it's hard for us to physically connect because of social distancing, but that does not mean that we can't cultivate deep connections with our loved ones through being creative. I know myself, we've been having with my girlfriends uh, Zoom happy hours, and there's a lot of great apps out there like House Party. And we found ourselves saying to each other the other day, man, why were we not doing this before the social distancing thing? I think we should keep doing this even after all of this craziness has passed. So how can you cultivate a deeper sense of connection uh, with your community? This also has to do with being of contribution to your community. So not only allowing yourself to be supported and ask for help and connect, but to give support and to give back to your community. So if you have a little bit of extra, donate, you know, help your neighbor out. You know, if they're running low on something, responsibly help each other so that you can be of contribution to your community. Donate to your local food shelter, you know, donate funds to hunger relief. So when we put our focus on other people and we become something other than self-focused, it can be truly magical and healing. The next pillar for thriving is cultivating creativity. What are you doing right now that feels creative? And how can you get creative right now in this time when you're sitting at home rather than saying, oh, I'm bored. How can you get creative with what you're doing with your time and tap into those creative juices? Now, creativity doesn't have to look the same for everybody. It's not like you have to be an artist or a painter. You know, you don't have to be um, a singer or a dancer. Creativity could be expressing yourself through your culinary arts. Maybe you like to cook. Maybe you want to get out in your garden. Maybe you want to sit there and create a collage. But the question to ask yourself is, what would play look like for me right now? If I were to play, what would that look like? And then finally, joy as a daily spiritual practice. Do you know what brings you joy? And if you do not, can you begin to explore that question? What makes me smile? What, when I think about it, brings an involuntary smile to my face and just lights me up? Is it a person? When was the last time I spoke to that person? Is it an activity? When was the last time I did that activity? Is it your pet? Can you make a concerted effort to really spend time with that animal and nurture it even more now than you usually do? So whatever it is that brings you joy, do it deliberately. Do it as though it is your spiritual practice as though your life depended on it because in some ways friends right now it does so listen those are the seven pillars of resilience those are a few practices that you can begin to do right now to support yourself i wanted to jump into this podcast i wanted to take some time to connect with you individually um, especially during this time of uncertainty and a lack of clarity in terms of what tomorrow holds and share this with you as a little bit of bonus content. Please know that I am here for you. If you are ready to delve into this work more deeply, there are so many ways that you can do that. Simply reach out to me via social media, shoot me a note on email, however it is that you want to connect with me and we'll look at how I can support you 
even more. Make sure that you connect with us on Facebook through the Radical Resilience Facebook group. Please stay connected to us on the social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and um, know that we are all in this together. I'm here for you. I love you. From my heart to yours, with so much aloha. Namaste. I'm Pega Cadcodian. Thank you for listening to Radical Resilience, the podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Be sure to go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe and rate. And remember to share this with all the amazing women in your life. Join us next week for another episode of Radical Resilience, the podcast.